Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. In 1924, Witness Lee was dynamically saved by the Lord as a young man in his native China, and he promptly consecrated the rest of his life to the gospel. He co-labored with Watchman Nee for parts of the next three decades, and in 1962, Witness Lee was led by the Lord to come to the United States. During his 35 years of service to the Lord in America, he ministered in weekly meetings and weekend conferences, delivering thousands of spoken messages. Much of his speaking has since been published as more than 400 titles, many of which have been translated into numerous foreign languages. He gave his last public conference in February 1997 at the age of 91. We're happy today to be able to bring you recorded excerpts from his speaking and encourage you to contact us if you have any further questions or comments. Please send email to radio at lsm.org. Now, let's join today's program. Two trees were there in the Garden of Eden before Adam. Two trees that signify two sources and two lines that run throughout all of Scripture. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil is one line, and the tree of life, with God himself as the source, is the other. The human thought perfectly matches the line of good and evil, while the divine thought always brings us back to the line of life, the line of Christ. David, the psalmist, often teetered back and forth between these two lines, one minute declaring the superiority of keeping the law and doing good, while at other times he would abandon that altogether and flee to take refuge in Jehovah, or as we would say in the New Testament, coming to Christ. Matt Miller is joining us as we are here to fellowship Two lines, Matt. We have two contrasting psalms, 15 and 16, and uh, this pattern seems to be repeating a little bit already in the psalms, doesn't it? It does, Chris, and it's really a joy to come in and be part of this program today, uh, Psalm 15 and Psalm 16, because it's another pair of psalms that really make God's economy clear, just like we saw earlier with Psalm 1 and Psalm 2. I'm really looking forward to the program, and I hope our Listeners will stay with us. I think there'll be a lot of enlightenment today in this program. Let's take a second, Matt, and just review that a little bit, because uh, for those who maybe missed those earlier programs in the life study of the Psalms, when we were talking about 1 and 2, Psalm 1 starts out, David is really extolling the virtues of keeping the law and lifting the law to a high place, but he takes another line altogether in the very next Psalm. Christ there is really the center and the focus, and this is the pattern we're seeing repeated, isn't it? It is, Chris. We're seeing God's economy. We're seeing a picture of the whole Bible in the book of Psalms here. And in Psalm 2, you have kissing the sun. You have Christ. What a contrast to mm-hmm. the law in Psalm 1. And we're going to see today that very clearly these two lines start in Genesis chapter 2 with two trees, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and the other tree is the tree of life. These two lines go through the whole Bible And they end with two consummations. One consummation is the lake of fire. Yeah. And the other consummation is the new Jerusalem, a city of water flowing and growing. So I really hope our listeners will stay with us because there's quite an inspiration here. I really hope we can touch it today by the Lord's mercy. In our last program, really we were covering Psalms 9 through 14. But as we got into the message, it was quite clear that uh, Witness Lee's burden was much more on 
15 and 16, because he kept alluding to it, and we even read a few of the verses that we're going to revisit today, picked these again to start our program for those who weren't with us. But uh, 15 is the psalm where David is really on the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He is back in the law-keeping realm, and it's demonstrated by a kind of a rhetorical question. He opens the 15th psalm, Matt, by asking, O Jehovah, who may sojourn in your tent? Who may dwell on your holy mountain? Obviously, this is a kind of reward to be counted as one in the Lord's tent, dwelling with him on the high mountain. Then in this same Psalm 15, David himself answers the question he asks. And he says, he who does these things, and these things are enumerated, it's all the good and righteous and upright things. He who does these things will not be shaken forever. In other words, the one who's perfect, according to the law, will be the one who can dwell uh, with Jehovah on his high mountain, sojourn with him in his tent. Really, there's only one who is qualified according to that standard, and that is the very Christ. Well, David discovers that in Psalm 16, the contrasting one today, because he comes back to this phrase, shaken. Again, let me read that. In 15, he says, he who does these things will not be shaken forever. But in 16, listen to what he offers, Matt. I have set Jehovah before me continually, Blessed is he at my right hand. Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be shaken. Quite a different focus, isn't it? Well, here's Witness Lee, Matt. We'll come back and talk about this more. Again, we have a good pair of two Psalms. I believe we will still remember Psalms 1 and 2. There, the uh, points that show us the comparison in Psalms 1 and 2 is blessed is he who keeps the law in Psalm 1. Then Psalm 2 says, blessed is he who takes refuge in the sun. Right? Blessed in the keeping of the law. Blessed in taking refuge in the sun. So the comparison there is between the law and Christ. Here, in these two Psalms, In Psalm 15, you have the last line that says, He who does these things, hard things, according to the foregoing verses, the good things, the good versus the evil. He who does these good things will not be shaken forever. Then we go to Psalm 16 and read verse 8. Because... He is at my right hand, I shall not be sick. Could you see? Yeah, the same thing mentioned in two different Psalms, in two different notions. One says, if I do all the good things, I will never be forsaken. That's Psalm 15. Then Psalm 16 says, I am at the right hand of God the Father, I shall not be shaken. Well, in these two Psalms, the arrangement was according to this thought, to have a comparison to show us, a comparison between the keeping of the law and the participating in the sin. Do you keep the law or do you partake of Christ? Do you keep the law or do you enjoy Christ as your portion? Matt, again, I'd like to go back and just mention something because he makes the point at this juncture. When David's oriented towards keeping the law and uh, securing God's blessing by being a perfect law keeper, the result 
was David's sin, which actually ends up breaking five of the Ten Commandments. In that one gross sin, he commits murder, he commits fornication, he commits stealing, he commits lying, and he commits coveting. This is always the result, isn't it, Matt, when we focus, when we take this line called the line of the knowledge of good and evil. It is, Chris, and Paul said that the law was weak through the flesh. Yeah. And this is really the story of the law. There's nothing wrong with the law. The law is holy. The law is righteous. But our flesh is weak. It's unable to fulfill the requirements of the law. And so we really need to be those who run to the Son. I hope that this gets so clear from our program today. Psalm 16, verse 8. I just want to repeat that because this is the tree of life side, the positive side of not being shaken was when David said, I have set Jehovah before me continually because he is at my right hand. I shall not be shaken. Where is the Lord? Is the Lord with us? Is he at our right hand? Have we set him continually before us? Are we in the Lord's presence? I mean, this is everything in the Christian life. Is the Lord with us? Do we have the Lord's presence? If we don't have the Lord's presence, it doesn't matter how good our behavior is. We may be good or we may be evil. Either one of them is without the Lord. The key is, are we with the Lord? This is what we really need to long for. We need to long to continually be in the Lord's presence. And out of that spontaneously flows a kind of living. If we're living in his presence, Matt, if we're living in that organic union that we talk about a lot on this program. Not only are we satisfied, but of course our outward conduct will conform to the righteous requirements because it's not relying on the strength, as you said, of our flesh to carry it out, but it's relying on the strength of this indestructible divine life that we have been uh, granted and enjoy when we're living in the reality of his presence. Absolutely, Chris. I just appreciate that even though we're in the book of Psalms, we're talking about loving the Lord, yeah. being in the Lord's presence. I was considering uh, another verse uh, just the other day, turn me again, O Lord, and cause your face to shine on me. It just seems we need to be turned so the Lord's face is with us, his presence is with us. In his presence is fullness, fullness of, of joy. joy. Yeah. My prayer, really, Chris, is that everyone listening to this program would have a turn Lord, cause your face to shine on me. Be with me. I want you right now. Lord, I love you right now. Mm. I just hope that we could be ushered into the Lord's presence. We've been talking, Matt, all program really about these two lines represented by the two trees from Genesis chapter 2. Witness Lee, I think, will kind of take us back and give us a good summary of that for those who uh, may not be that familiar or remember the story. And I think you pointed out something. A lot of people remember the story, but they don't remember it quite accurately. The assumption is that one tree was the tree of evil, one tree the tree of good. But really, as you said, we'll hear again in Genesis 2, 8 and 9, the knowledge of good and evil were on one tree and the other was the tree of life. Vitally important. It's a major distinction. All right, here's Witness Lee. Psalm 15 is full of good and evil. Psalm 16, no good and evil. What replaces good and evil? Just the Lord himself, the very person. In the Bible, there are two lines. Right after God created man, God brought man into the garden and put him in front of two trees. These two trees are not one is a good tree, and the other one is an evil tree. Not a tree of gold, 
another one the tree of evil. No. Good and evil are of one tree. Don't forget this. In the eyes of God, gold is the same as evil. They are considered as one unit, as one tree. And the other tree is the tree of life. With the tree of good and evil, there are other things. Knowledge, death. Four things. A tree of good and of evil and of knowledge and of death. So good, evil, knowledge, and death all are <laughs> one family. If you are in the family of gold, you are in the family of evil. Don't think you are just in the family of gold. No. Where gold is, evil is there. And where gold and evil are, knowledge is there. And where knowledge is there, death is there. Quite complicated. This family is uh, terrible. It has Confucius and it has Roberts, a bank. What family is this? The family of good and evil. But in the family of the tree of life, only one thing, life. Life, life, life. No gold, but life. No evil, but life. No knowledge, but life. No death, but life. Life, Amen. life, life, life. Amen. This is the tree of life. Amen. And these are the two sources which produce two lines. These two lines started from Genesis 2 and are going through the entire Old Testament and New Testament. And we read two ends. One end for the tree of good and evil is the lake of fire. And the other end for the tree of life is the new Jerusalem. Matt, I can't help but um, think of the Apostle Paul. Paul quotes David a lot, uh, and he touches some of these points in his quotations. But, you know, the whole chapter 7 of uh, Paul's epistle to the Romans is very much on this subject. And Paul is talking there about he's got this desire within him, even a law within him, that wants to do the good, that wants to match the law of God. Yet, as he sets out to do it, inevitably, another law gets triggered, the law of sin and death, which is from, you know, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And that law rises up, conquers him, and defeats him every time. And he is left at the end of the chapter to exclaim, Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Good, evil, knowledge, and death are really on the same tree, aren't they? They are, Chris, and I liked Witness Lee's description. This is a complicated family. Yeah. This family is complicated. It, it's got good and evil. And he said, where you have good, you also have evil. I think in our final section with Witness Lee, it's going to be even more clear when you look at the picture of Cain and Abel, which is our conclusion. And, you know, Cain did something good, but he also did something evil. And that really is a picture. If we just have goodness without Christ, there's going to be some evil too. It's just a matter of time because it comes from the same source of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Lord, have mercy to deliver us into this other tree, which is simple. It's a simple tree. It just has life, 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 life. It's not as complicated. It's a simple tree. It has, it's the tree of life. Matt, talk about the story of uh, Cain and Abel. Review that for our listeners a little bit. So when Witness Lee gets to that point, they'll have a good, fresh uh, recollection of uh, what is happening there in, in Genesis 3. 
Well, if the listeners aren't familiar, I'll give a brief summary, but I think it's good if they go back and read it because they might not believe this is really in the Bible. Cain made an offering of the land from the vegetables that he had produced, and Abel offered a sacrifice. And God accepted Abel's sacrifice, and God did not accept Cain's offering, which was of plants and vegetables. It was an offering of fruits. I mean, it's seemingly good according to his his natural concept, but God didn't receive it. So Cain got mad and killed Abel because he was rejected. This is the the first religious murder. Cain killing Abel because God rejected his sacrifice that was not according to God's way. God's way is to basically offer Christ. Christ was the slain lamb that Abel offered, and Abel was just offering Christ. And that was what God wanted. Abel was in God's way. Cain wasn't. Whereas Cain's offering really typified something that Cain had done, something he had produced, and he wanted God to have it. So therefore, it did seem good, but he missed this key component. There was no element of the blood being shed there, so there was no covering of man's fallen condition, which really indicates Cain didn't quite have the realization. Well, in fact, he didn't have it at all, did he, that he needed such a covering? Not really at all. And In fact, you said it seemed good. It was good. But God didn't want the good, underscoring he doesn't want the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. All right, let's go back to Witness Lee. If you could see these two lines, these two lines right away become governing principles to you in your understanding of the Bible. Have you seen these two lines? Now, please tell me, where you put someone? This is in the line of good and evil. Where this good evil eye leads you to, the lake of fire. Then the one in Psalm 2 who uh, takes refuge in the sun and who keeps the sun, that means who loves the sun. Where will this one be? In simple words, this one is in the line of life. Then where the one in Psalm 15 is going today? He's going in the line of good and evil. Now, where are you going? You are going in the line of life. Where the one in Psalm 16 is. Christ as the man, he has been serious all the time going in the line of life. So we all will be there in the new Jerusalem, a city of the living water. It's marvelous. It's so clear. Very strange, the Bible, right after Genesis 3, after man's fall. Adam had two sons. One is called Abel, the second one. And the first one is called Cain. Cain was a representative of good and evil. Firstly, he was God. He presented the offerings of his own hands labor to God. Wasn't that good? But he got rejected. God rejects man's evil. God also rejects man's good as evil. When he got rejected by God, right away he turned to kill his brother. This evil. On the one hand, he did something good. On the other hand, he did something evil. Both good and evil are in the same line. Cain was in the line of the tree of good and evil. 
But Abel, how about Abel? He didn't do anything good. Neither he did anything evil. But he what? He enjoyed Christ as his burn offering. To come to God and to take God as his portion. Matt, one of the things I really appreciate about this ministry, Witness Lee always uh, interprets the Bible with the Bible. In other words, you know, he's not just looking at individual stories, individual verses. And here, to see this story of Cain and Abel connected to what happened in the previous chapter, uh, the two trees and the choice that Adam made there, it makes this story a completely different one. We all know that Cain killed his brother. That You know, everyone realizes that. But to see how it links back to the preceding chapter, it really unlocks the vision of it, doesn't it? Yeah, Chris, and also the fact that Adam was there trying to clothe himself with some leaves, some work of his own hand, Yeah, and God came in and clothed him with skins. And that must have made a deep impression on Adam so that he told his kids, he told both Cain and Abel about God coming in and slaying an animal to clothe him with some skins. This was a picture of Christ's redemption. And Adam gave the vision to Abel because he was slaying animals. And this was before they were even allowed to eat meat. They were not even allowed to eat meat. And he's slaying animals to make an offering as an obvious picture of the burnt offering and appreciating Christ's redemption for him. Whereas Cain didn't get the picture. He, He was still trying to do something through the work of his own hands. You know, Chris Witness Lee said something in that section that was very striking. I'd like to underscore. He said that God rejects our good as evil. He not only rejects evil, he rejects our good. And Cain is a perfect picture of that. Cain had something good there. God rejected it as evil. And I would just like to ask our listeners right now, do you really believe that God will accept anything that you can do for him apart from Christ? You know, I grew up going to church every week. I was baptized as an infant, yet I never realized. My brother came to me when I was in high school and says, you have to be born again. You have to receive Christ. That's the message we have today. Yeah. Nothing else matters. You can go to church your whole life, but if you don't receive Christ, John chapter 3 says, unless you're born again, you will not enter into the kingdom of God. You must receive Christ. And then after you receive Christ, you need to still kiss the Son, love Christ, eat the tree of life. Don't live according to the realm of good and evil because eventually that ends in the lake of fire. You will not end up in the lake of the fire if you receive Christ because you've received an eternal salvation. But the problem is you experience a lake. You get into the realm of something stagnant. But in the New Jerusalem, There's a tree of life. There's a river of water of life flowing from the throne, its brightest crystal. That picture is what we want to experience as a Christian. And the only way you can do that is to stay on the tree of life. Then you experience the Lord flowing in you. You're full of enjoyment. You're your brightest crystal. What a contrast to a lake of fire. Just want to close, Matt, read another of David's utterances in Psalm 16, the psalm that's in the line of life. Verse 11 says, You will make known to me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand there are pleasures forevermore. No uplifting of the law here, man. We just see him, you know, 
taking refuge, fleeing to, and kissing the sun. Well, this is a life study, Matt, and I would say strong emphasis in the entire uh, ministry that we publish and broadcast here in uh, Living Stream is this matter of life and our enjoyment of Christ as life every day. So we hope you'll contact us. We have all kinds of resources. We're out of time and won't be able to tell you about a lot of them, but you surely can get the printed life studies of the life study of Psalms, and we uh, think that would be a great benefit to you and a wonderful resource as we go day by day through this uh, book of 150 Psalms, all now seen through the line of life. Our toll-free number, if you'd like to contact, is 1-888-LIFE-STUDY, 888-543-3788. Good to have you here as always, Matt, and look forward to your joining us again. Thanks, Chris. Uh, The listeners, uh, if they want, this Life Study of Psalms is available on the internet at ministrybooks.org. Oh, good. Glad you pointed that out. Thank you for joining us today. For Matt Miller, I'm Chris Wyatt. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, produced by Living Stream Ministry. Living Stream Ministry is dedicated to the works of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two co-laborers with the Lord in China during the first half of the 20th century. After World War II, Watchman Nee sent Witness Lee to carry out this ministry in Taiwan. Later, the Lord led him to the United States and eventually to the rest of the world, before he went to be with the Lord in 1997. Living Stream Ministry now has hundreds of titles by Watchman Nee and Witness Lee available in English, plus many in more than 50 other languages. To find out more about Living Stream and all that we offer, visit our website, lsm.org. You can also reach us toll-free at 1-888-543-3788 or email us, radio at lsm.org. Thanks for listening.